are listening to Confessions of a High School Bible Teacher. Hey everybody, this is Christopher Seals, and across the table from me is... Wayne Randolph. You almost said the Wayne Randolph. I did, that's really pompous. Your beard is groomed. Thanks. Yeah, I got it cleaned up before I went to Guatemala. Hmm. Hey, Wayne. (laughs) Hi, Chris. Uh, What high school did you go to? I went to a high school called Monroe. Monroe. Where was that? Long Beach? Uh, That's in San Fernando. San Fernando. That's right. Yeah, in the valley. Um, Did you hang out with any of your teachers at Monroe? (laughs) (laughs) No, dude. I had a a weird childhood. No, I did not. (laughs) Okay. Um, uh, You know, what's interesting is I think that for most high school students, that's probably the answer. With yeah, with the chuckle and almost the like creepy face too. Like, why would I hang out with my high school teacher? I remember. Aren't there like after school specials (laughs) about that topic? Right. Um, There is. um, uh, I went to a Christian school, um, Brethren Christian in Huntington Beach. I remember. I think once for a Bible study, I went to one of my teacher's houses, Mr. Strike. Nice. It was spelled with lots of extra consonants. Um, I don't know, but either way, he was he was like one of the cool teachers. Um, and we went to the, his house for a Bible study one time, but I, I think that was the only time I ever hung out with the teacher, um, outside of school yeah. and extracurricular activities that were programmed. Um, but you just spent two weeks with students. Oh, I in sure did. Mexico, I, no, in Guatemala. I every spring break I spent a week with students in Mexico. Um, and then as a result, those times, those kids hang out at our houses. <laughs> right. Yeah, or, yeah. And, and if you are on a Christian school, human resources team, you're probably thinking, <laughs> um, that's a liability. You should not hang out with students. Oh, I worked at a school um, like that. Yeah. Um, and to an extent, true, like that, yeah. that can be dangerous, sure. right? Hanging out with students outside of the prescribed, um, contexts mm-hmm. can be dangerous. Uh, yeah. Can be a liability, yeah, especially if those, if those boundaries aren't there, right? Exa- exactly, especially if you watch the news. Yeah, right. If you watch the yeah. news, then spending time with other students can be um, a dangerous thing. Now, yeah. here's what's weird: I also am a youth director um, right. for a church, and so what I think is, uh, it's always fun when some students from our school want to come to youth group um, with me because mm. the youth group. Um, students, they have no problem hanging out with me. Like we do right. retreats together. Because you're youth, you're youth pastor. Because I'm youth pastor. This is, what, yeah. this is like part of your job description. Yeah, we do retreats. There's like, um, we go to parties. To, not like ragers, but like <laughs> we'll have churchy parties sure. together. Um, and we'll, we'll hang out. We'll play. I play soccer with my church kids. Yeah. I mean, do all these sorts of things with teenagers. Yeah. Same demographic, but they go to public school. Yeah. Um, and then I bring my uh, high school students from a Christian school, and most of my church kids are just totally weirded out that they would want to hang out with me, their teacher. Um, but then I, that's gotta I, be fun just to kind of watch that yeah, unfold. And I sort of like pose it back to them. I'm like, well, is it weird? Is it weird for you to hang out with me? Um, well, no, no, but you're, you're our, you're a pastor. Yeah. I would just never hang out with my teacher. Right. Do, do you think it would be, would it be different if we were math teachers? I mean, like we're, we're Bible teachers. And so we mm. are in this weird tension. Like mm. we are youth pastors yeah. that give grades. <laughs> Like there's, yeah. There's another part of it. so, uh, and we so it to... kind of makes sense for our our titles, right? Our job titles, yeah. Absolutely. But just hanging out, like just when you throw it out there like that, like just hanging out with your high school teacher. No, that's 
That's weird. Everything about that sounds weird, dude. Yeah, absolutely. As a high school teacher, that sounds weird to me. Yeah, and so I guess here's the question that would be – a couple of questions that would be good to explore is, one, how do you do this well mm-hmm. um, and make sure that – I guess if we're professionals, making yeah. sure that you're covering your legal above behind, yeah. um, you're above reproach, that you set boundaries. Yeah. But then also, is it is it a good idea? Yeah. Is it, Why do we need it? Should we do it? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so um, maybe we'll start with the second question. Yeah. Is is it a good idea? To, what what fruit do you see uh, from spending time with students beyond classroom, or maybe even beyond like the extracurricular, like a sports team or yeah. those sorts of things? What yeah. fruit do you see? Um, well. I'm being consistent. Uh, I will continue to say that this thing is caught, not taught. And so um, the example I always use is, and I actually use this in my classroom, um, if you're one of the the disciples, one of the Talmudin walking around with Jesus and you're learning from him and you're paying attention to how he lives, and um, here's a scenario I throw out. So, so. You're sitting with Jesus, you're breaking bread, whatever, you know, and, and he's giving you this whole um, dialogue on poverty and the poor and, and um, God's heart for the poor. And right. He just says all these things and then, you know, your stomach starts growling and he's like, okay, let's go grab some food. And you're walking to get food and there's a dude on the side of the street and he asks for money. Could you imagine if Jesus like looked at him and was like, get a job, bum. Right. And just keeps on walking, <laughs> right? Like, what does that do? What does that do to his teaching yeah. and all the students? You know, and I asked my kids that, like, what does that do? And they're like, well, it makes him a hypocrite. Yeah. Perfect. Th- there's my answer is why we invite students into our lives. Right. Um, I'm not teaching math. I'm not teaching history. And we need those subjects and they're important. God bless them. Keep on going. Mm-hmm. But when I'm teaching, um, not just this rote learning, not just teaching like Christian robots, but I'm teaching you um, how how God's definition of life should influence the way that you live, right? And the terms that we use in class, you know, is like yeah. the orthodoxy and, and your orthopraxy, that your, your belief informs your living. Mm-hmm. Um, this then goes back to the caught, not taught. So if right. I'm teaching this stuff in the classroom and then you hang out with me, if I'm exemplifying it, I am reinfor- reinforcing my teaching. Yeah. Conversely, which is why I think scripture says, woe to the teacher. Be careful. You're judged doubly. Conversely, if I'm teaching these things and I'm not living them out, woe to me. I mean, that's that's dangerous. And so I I think what we get to do is we get to combat the hypocritical Christianity, Mm -hmm. the rote learning Christianity. Because I, you know, here's the other example I was thinking about today. Um, I really like the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, I'm. Uh, that's just how I've grown up. I, I love the Dodgers. Doyers. Los, los, los Doyers. Los Doyers. Charlie, Doyers. Charlie, yeah, for sure. So the Doyers. I love the Doyers. If all I had to do was just put on a jersey and I can get out there on game day and just mm. just crank out, you know what I mean, some home runs, like if it would be that easy. Mm. Um, I, think that, I think we do the same thing with Christianity sometimes is we teach kids just the right answers or to put on the right face. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, hey, good luck on game day. And we don't really teach them how to do that. Does that make sense? Right. Yep. And so the Dodgers, the Doyers, they have to go to spring training and they have to work their way up. And so I think the same with Christian living is we yeah. have a whole bunch of kids and adults Mm-hmm. Um, and especially, I think my age group, kind of the 35 to like 45, there's a lot of us out there who learned all the right Christian words, right. but never were taught how to actually do these things. And more, more, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And more and more, which is discipling. Right. And more and more of my friends that I talk to in that age demographic are starting to become really disillusioned They're with done. Christianity because, um, it they know the answers they know the doctrines they know yep. the theology but yep. then they find themselves in this weird place where they're like well but it seems to not 
actually flesh out, seems to not actually work. Yeah. Or when when poop hits the fan, when life happens, because it's going to happen to all of us. Right. When life happens, the we'll just pray about it or just give it to God. If I haven't been taught how to just pray about it, or I haven't (laughs) been taught how to give it to God, then it's almost equally or not equally, but like doubly damning. Like, so I'm in this culture that says, "Here's the solution." I know the solution. I just don't know how to access the solution. Right. And I think (laughs) that's scary. The the other side of that same the the hypocrite coin is one. It shows it gives us an opportunity to show kids how it's lived, but then. The flip side is it then gives us accountability totally. to actually live it. Right. And when we blow it, because Chris, you, you you do this well. Um, you invite kids over a lot and, and to be a part of your family and to mm. see. One of the things I love, by the way, um, and, and I'll, I'll give you this little shout out, but I like trying to bring couples on my on my mission trips right. because I want students to see what a relationship looks like, a healthy relationship. I think you and your wife do that so well. You mm. invite kids over to see this is what a husband looks like. This is what a wife looks like. This is, this is, this is what parents look like. Um, these are the things I talk about in class and sometimes I fall short, but this is what grace looks like right. when it's played out. This is what mercy looks like when it's yeah. played out. And so when we invite kids in to see those things, it one, it, it smashes this idea that somehow as Christians, we're perfect porcelain little dolls and everything's right. hunky-dory because life mm-hmm. sucks sometimes, dude, right? Life yeah. is messy sometimes. And when we invite others in and students to see that, we're actually giving them hope. Right. Um, and I think the, the last little phrase I'd, I, I'd use there, and this comes from Kara Powell's um, book and, and Chap Clark's book on Sticky Faith, um, is we're, I think we, when we invite kids to watch us and how we live and interact with Jesus mm-hmm. and interact with our problems, we're actually to- showing them that they can have faith that they can trust Jesus, not just belief in. Right. And I think we're teaching a lot of belief in Jesus, right. but actually trusting Jesus when poop hits the, flan, the fan. Yeah. The flan? The fl- oh, I love flan. Dude, I hope there's no poop in your flan later. <laughs> um, but when, when this stuff does happen, then we're teaching them, that, no, we can trust we can trust him. Yep. So you walked with me through this. You guys were a part of us with when this was going <laughs> on. You, we can trust him. And I think that that's huge. Yep. Um, that took me, you know, 25 plus years to for that light to even be turned on. <laughs> yeah, and and you can you can walk someone through and explain the physics of bowling um, and talk about what one should do with their arm, but if they don't see someone bowling, yeah. um, then it, it's not going to click, right? <laughs> Uh, and so that's what that's what we get to do when students do life with us. I think another thing it also does is it because our kids are so compartmentalized. Mm. I mean, they compartmentalize between their digital life and their physical life that um, even as teachers, when I talk to the math teacher and the English teacher, they're different kids in each of these classes because they've compartmentalized each of those facets of themselves. Um, And so they have this really disintegrated experience. Mm. And so what hanging out with students does is it provides an opportunity for um, the quote unquote holy places of our Bible classrooms or of chapel <laughs> to uh, sort of those walls dissolve Spill over yeah. um, and, and holy places they realize can happen mm. um, out on a hike or in on a missions trip or um, playing soccer at the arena or yeah. the whole, I remember the first time um, it was the summer before you came on staff at our school and I was playing soccer at the arena with some of the boys. Yeah. Um, who you invited gonna, me over. Yeah. <laughs> They whooped me. Yeah, they did. <laughs> but I remember um, there in the arena after we were getting some Gatorade sitting there on the fake grass. Yeah. Um, and you asked them about Jesus and yep. what they felt about him. And yep. for them, there was like this huge like, oh, 
We're talking Wait, about it in I the arena. That, I thought that's Bible class. Yeah, Wait, am, am exactly. I getting graded on this? Right. And so it, it allows like that, that portion of their life to be integrated. It reintegrates yeah. who they are. And not even just reintegrating their faith into the rest of their life, but integrating them as humans. Yeah. That they, they can't be these divided selves that, that live double lives. Mm. Which, again, with hypocrisy, that's what we're trying to train them out of, is, is not living these double lives. And right. Or I, somehow there's this, there's my Christian life. And I'm just expanding yeah. on the double thing, but there's my Christian life, there's my my civil life, mm-hmm. there's my business life. I mean, even as adults, we do it right with high and school I, students. There's the the my life on the football field, right? right? I'm like, would you the things you say on the football field? Do you, would you say those in other places? And they're like, oh no, of no, course, of course not. not. But, but that's a different part of themselves that they have that's access right. to that they use. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so in, inviting them. I mean, what, what we're we're going back to. Jesus's last commandment again is is to to make disciples right. to make students and so um, for me as a Bible teacher if I was if if my if I had a contract that said I can only talk about Jesus or you know his way of living if I could only do that you know during my classroom time that would be a hard contract for right. me to sign yeah. um, because he doesn't affect just that one hour and forty five minutes of my day right it's every single aspect of our day and Chris to be honest. Um, this is what I longed for growing up. I mm-hmm. long, I, I was enculturated into Christianity, right. you know, and, and I knew the right answers, but I was longing for someone to walk with me to uh, the phrase, right. To do life with me, to teach me how to do this. And I, I see that model in the guy that we profess and right. Jesus. He, he just said, Hey, come, come follow me, come hang out. And I'm going to teach you how this thing works. Right. Um, and so I, I feel, I mean, not that I'm trying to raise a, us up, but I feel like that when we're inviting kids to hang out with us, that that's what we're saying, right? right? Come see how this thing works. Wait, what are the questions first? Ready? So like, no. going? Mm. Uh, going? do you think it's weird to hang out with your teachers? No. Why? Well, because the different relationships you get with them. Well, at a smaller school, it's different because you can have like a close and personal relationship and get to know them as a person instead of as a teacher. Whereas at a public school where there's thousands and thousands of kids, you don't get to know them on a personal basis. No, definitely not. Um, especially if the if the teacher is supposed to be a mentor, then I believe that in you know any area of life, being be it social, education, uh, educational. Um, the teacher should be part of that process, you know. Um, their job is to equip students with um, not only um, skills in a- academia, but also to, you know, help them walk through this mysterious thing called life. Um, do you think public school students would think it's weird to hang out with their teachers? Definitely, because we don't do enough of it. <laughs> so, um, I've been privileged. Uh, do you think it's weird to hang out with teachers? Not at all. Um, why not? I mean, it depends on the teacher, obviously, like, depending on your relationship in the classroom. I think that really, um, kind of distinguishes whether or not you want to be able to hang out with them on a, um, personal level, but people that, you know, you've opened up to and people that you've shared experiences with, I think it's totally fine to hang out with them. Do you think people at public school think it's normal to hang out with teachers? Uh, no, but they don't have the same relationships with their students, I don't think. Yeah, and I think that a lot of, like, the benefits from this are kind of intuitive. So, like, we... 
it, we talked about this in the short term missions uh, episode and some of the some of our other episodes. We've alluded to mentorship and discipleship yeah, yeah. being really really important. So we probably don't need to beat the horse too much on why it's good to hang out with students. But now here here's where we really need to camp out because. The reason people have averse rea- uh, <laughs> right. reactions to this is because it can be done very yep. badly. Yep, and we've all seen it. We've, yeah, you, if you've been in Christianity long enough, yep, if you've been in over for a few decades, you've had some sort of trauma, some sort of split at your church over maybe some issues like this. There's been right. somebody uh, who has fallen. We'll use that phrase sometimes, yeah. and. Uh, so yeah, we're we're not immune, right? We're not immune outside the church. We're not immune in the church, right? So how does one remain ab- above reproach? Um, and I think that you mentioned like kids coming out of our house, and like even when you say that, like I know, right? Without all sorts of, context, yeah. There's all sorts of like red flags. That Parents know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I think that one of the one of the first things is that um, it it probably should be organic. Don't yeah. like walk up to random kids and be like, want to come to my house because that's creepy. Um, uh, I'm so bummed right now. <laughs> I was going to do that. No. Yeah. Um, that's, that's huge. It yeah, needs to be organic. And like we, we alluded to the Mexicali trip and the, the Guatemala trip because like a lot of the trainings happen either at our houses or in other places due right. to the facilities we use right. at our, our school. Like it's not always available to use the school building. And so um, we, we end up meeting in these other contexts and then the students like grow comfortable in those contexts. And uh, we've, for, for Mexicali, <laughs> we literally have eight meetings at my house leading up to the trip. And so mm. then afterwards, the um, it's been a routine thing that the students want to stay connected. And right. so where are they going to volunteer to Do connect? you, just out of curiosity, do they call you Chris or Mr. Seals? Mr. Seals, yeah. Yeah, well, on, the, on these trips, I'm like, man, so we're, we're going to travel together, get sweaty together, probably have diarrhea together. At some point, they start pulling out Wayne. And then when they get to like school and they want to call me, you know what I mean? Yeah. So again, yeah, there you have those... That might yep. not be a big, huge line, but that's a fine line, too. Yeah. yeah so. And, and so the organic thing, I think, is really important, right? Like that it happens in a context where it makes sense um, and in a context where their parents are fully aware. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. And I think that one, um, I, just jumping in there, I, I already mentioned uh, Sticky Faith, Chap Clark, and, and Kara Powell. They, they put up a, a ratio – um, that I think is really important that we understand and that we yeah. get parents to understand. Yep. And, and so basically what they say is the old model tells us, you know, for, for every five kids, you've got one adult leader. You know, if you look at some ratios, right. it's like for every 10 kids. and Right. Or um, for our field trips, it's like yeah. every 25 kids. Yeah. And usually those are based off of, um, you know, laws and regulations. Mm-hmm. And, and those are all things to consider. But when considering, again, maybe the sticky faith, that idea of, of making this thing like fit our kids and sticking with them as they get older, what she saw is it actually takes five adults yeah. and their research, five adults pouring into one kid. Yep. And so I think one of the things is is we learn how to communicate that effectively, um, especially to our constituents, right? right. And so we're at a Christian school. Our, our parents need to hear that. Yep. Um, that that's, that is our philosophy. And um, ideally, they would be on board with that. It's probably one of the reasons they're sending them to the schools so that we can teach them. Yep. Um, but when you get that understanding, and it's a lot easier to tell a parent, hey, you know, I want to be one of the five. Right. You know, you're doing great, um, but your kid needs, you know, four or five other adults. Right. So you get, you get parent backing on that. And mm-hmm. not only is that the wise legal thing to do, yeah. but spiritually and, and responsibly, it seems like the wise thing to do as well. Yeah. And what the research, I've had good fruit from that. Right. And what the research even shows is not that by saying that we need five people, it's not pointing to a deficiency in the parenting. <laughs> right. right. No. There are no. some there's some stellar parents that like I could only dream of being as good a parent as yes. some of these parents at our school. Yes. And 
because they are such good parents, they say like, no, please hang out with yep. my kid. Yep. Right. Because they know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when saying, please hang out with my kid, I almost said son. And that's, I think is another really mm. important thing is when we hear of like falls, um, when we hear of, of failures mm-hmm. in this area, oftentimes, um, it is because there is like cross gender or cross, mm-hmm. um, sex, mm-hmm. cross sex. You know what I mean? Though. Sure. Yeah. Like it, 2017, as, right. As a male teacher, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out and grab lunch with a female student. Right. Um, right. Yeah. That, that's not a thing we do. <laughs> However, there will be female students who will want to come into our class and right. talk. And so, um, at my old school, I was very aware where all the cameras were. Yep. And so I would say, Hey, let's go sit outside. You know, we have this like waterfalls and stuff at our old campus. Yeah. So let's go, let's sit right here and have lunch. That way there's cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, and I'm very honest with people that, um, perception is, we know that perception yeah. is reality for some people. So yep. if, if, if you can, if you can control that, um, and hopefully that makes sense what I'm saying. Yeah. Is it, but if you if you can if you can use that to your advantage, don't don't let people even have an opportunity for perception. And so right. doors open, right? right. Uh, other people, hey, you want to do lunch? Hey, bring one of your friends with you. Yeah. Tell a tell a uh, teacher next door. Right. Hey, I'm going to have these students in. Always always just check in your back. Right. And I believe that that is wisdom and probably anywhere that you work with, with youth in our culture today that yep. you always want to have accountability and people around. Exactly. Yeah. And, and sometimes, I mean, there've even been times where like, I kind of feel like a jerk, but because of wanting to be above reproach, if, if someone wants to talk to me alone um, and I don't have the right feeling about it, yep. like um, I, I kind of feel like maybe there's mixed motives or there's something might be weird in it. Yeah, then we, got some, we, like, got, we have some of those students, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Then, then I'll just be like, no, I think that, I think that's inappropriate. Yep. Yep. I awesome. think as teachers, we are also professionals. Yep. Um, so we're professionals, but we're also disciplers. And so I think that we can get caught up in there's that, a fine that line. easy area. And yeah. so um, I think that it would be, more damaging to the gospel yeah. um, to have some sort of, e- even if it's just perception, mm-hmm. um, th- to have some sort of perceived failure or yep. perceived yep. impropriety. And there are other people who are just as filled with the spirit as Bible teachers. Um, and that's, us. that's, that's what I was going to jump out. I, I think three things that we should, or maybe it's two that we should have at kind of at the, the front of our mouths. Like we're ready to say at any time. So I think, I think that first one you said, Chris is great. Hey, that's, I don't know if that would be appropriate talk for us to yeah. have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the follow-up maybe is, um, you know, have you considered counseling? You know, right. I'm, I'm not a counselor. Right. I'm, um, this is this is great. Uh, yes. I, you know, for so for me, I, I've got I've got a pretty um, destructive past, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty forthright with it. And kids will want to talk about some of those things. Yeah. And and yes, I can empathize. Yep. But I've I have found the hard way. I have found obviously I can't be their counselor. I can't be their therapist. I can't right. be and so to say, hey, that's you know what, man, I brought this stuff up and when I was in therapy, I yeah. brought this stuff up. And so um one, this might not be appropriate for us. And and the reason for it might be because I'm not professional. Right. So so being able to tell someone that to 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 you should seek counseling. And then yeah. I've I've had that talk with kids. Do you feel comfortable asking your parents that? Like, would you like me to help out and just say, hey, you know, because I would be willing to do that. And then the other one, I think, with the gender thing is, is, hey, you know what? If I was if I was a female, we could totally we could totally have that talk. If I was a female, I could disciple you, but I'm not. Um, So I'll I'll throw one out. I had a, a, a female student last summer. Just hit me up and say, "Hey, um, class is good, and I've kind of grew up in this Christian thing, but I, I want more. You know, what, what does that look like to to do more? Can you can you help me with that?" Right. And my first reaction was, "Well, I, you know, I won't be discipling you, 
Right. right. I, I am your teacher and you can ask questions mm-hmm. and follow up and, you know, you can get other students. We can do lunch maybe every every other week or something and talk about things in class. Or if you want to, we could start a book club and you can get other students involved to make <laughs> yeah. sure that we have. And you remember this. I had actually called you and asked you what, what would you do. Yeah. And so we got other guys involved and we're, and we're having – we're having a book club that turned into this other thing called Laundry Love that right. we're doing. But it was because I think, honestly, that wisdom of of me humbling myself and having to come ask you and other people, how do we do this? Um, and just hearing that, like, okay, you put up those boundaries and yeah. then these things can work. Yep. And that particular female student is now growing uh, in her faith and knowledge of Christ yeah. because we set up the right parameters. Now, I still would like to push her to find a one-on-one like discipleship, you know, mentor relationship right. with a female. Yep. But I could, I could do what I can do from those within those parameters. Exactly. That makes sense. Yep. And and so like yeah, and that was with, that's nice with that third <laughs> thing. So yeah, may, being okay saying that might be inappropriate. Um, knowing when you are above your pay grade, you're not the professional. <laughs> yeah. And and then also, um, the third of having those alternatives in your pocket because yep. what you don't want to do that's is say. Huge. No, don't pursue Jesus more. How dare you want to grow deeper in your faith? Right, exactly. <laughs> so if you are a female teacher and there's a guy approaching you, then be like um, either starting a group with other people or pointing them to a, right. a male teacher that you have already built rapport with and you know um, would be able to do the same thing. Fortunately, yeah. my wife worked at our school for a while, and so it's really easy for me to be like, man – my wife has some excellent insight into this sort of stuff, and I think that would be more appropriate and probably right. even better because she's smarter than me in most things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think that having those sort of responses yeah. are, are really good. Um, and so like, it's funny because here I feel like we're going in and out of mm-hmm. – um, how to legally cover yourself, but then also how to figure out what's best for the gospel. But I and think- I think that's uh, the legal part. I think is secondary, right? But right. Uh, and maybe even going back to some of the things we were saying, when we just focus on that part, we do miss out on the gospel right. part. And so, if the gospel is the most important, is this good news and, and right. teaching people how to live and be the kind of human that God wants them to be? It seems like if we're doing that, the legal will actually fall into place. Exactly. Um, that doesn't mean that we only focus on the gospel and don't. Right. At the detriment of the legal. Yeah, because it, if, right? you, if you hear the legal advice that we're giving, it's because it would damage the gospel. Right. Um, right. If if we didn't follow these rules. Yeah. And I think, I, I think too, it's – we're trying to go after the heart. Yeah. Right? We're trying to go after the heart. And so sometimes we'll overthink things yep. <laughs> with, with the brain, but we're really trying to go after the heart. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I think um, maybe one of the – I don't know if this is the last point or whatever, but one of the main things we need to keep in mind is transparency. Yeah. Um, Ooh, transparent, transparency with the student, transparency with um, school administration, transparency with parents. Mm. Um, our school, one of the things I loved about – love about it – loved. I still work there. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I love about it is um, our school has a position called the discipleship coordinator. Yeah. And what this person does is it keeps tab on who's me- tabs on who's meeting with who because um, there are formally um, arranged discipleship relationships um, and then there are informally arranged ones through students right. just saying, hey, I want to meet with a teacher. More organically but, like you were saying. But there are – in all of those cases, the discipleship coordinator is the resource um, and – Everyone who is meeting with a student tells the discipleship coordinator, I'm meeting with this group. I'm meeting right. with this person. So that so we have organizational accountability. Exactly. Yep. So there, there's an organizational accountability. There's also support there. There's also someone you can get feedback from yep. about these individual situations. And so if your school doesn't have one of those, um, like 
it could be That's as easy huge. as like giving a teacher uh, a free or period a to be stipend, this yeah. and or a stipend to be that person because it provides one, it provides structure and encourages mentorship and real life hangouts with kids, but it also provides the accountability so that teachers and students are being wise. Yeah, um, I think with you're talking about transparency there too. I, I think, uh, and this is something you know straight from our our coordinator at mm-hmm. our school, um, but I think. Um, very healthy and upfront, like stated goals Mm -hmm. that um, this is not a relationship where you've got an adult who you get to use as a soundboard and you get get to dump all your crap on because he's the cool teacher. And and I've been that. I've been like, oh, you know, I can tell Randolph this and, you know, yada, yada. Um, If I am not telling them from the forefront that this relationship is about me pointing you towards a life that looks more like Jesus, that we are maturing in Christ, that we are becoming the type of human that he designed. Mm -hmm. If it's just a safe teacher, then that's a waste of my time and that's a waste of your potential growth opportunity. And so within that transparency, being really upfront, like, hey, this relationship, we might become friendly. We might be, you know, you might like hanging out. Uh, You might think it's cool, whatever, yada, yada. But if it's not about maturing, then this relationship can't happen either. Right. And that's that draws a fine line because you yep. get those students. I get the kid who tells me, um, you know, maybe they're maybe they're involved in some stupid stuff and they're not willing to change. They're just doing stupid stuff and I'm the safe adult. They can tell that they're being self destructive. Well then Yeah. No, that doesn't help anybody. Right, exactly. And so I think that that is a part of the the transparency as yeah. well up front, right? And and the transparency with the students also extends into um l- I will let them know, hey, there are certain things that you, you if you tell me, I will tell someone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mandated, if, right? Yeah. yeah, like we are mandated reporters. Right. And so if you are a danger to yourself or others, or even if I think that you're doing something um, that might put someone else's property at risk yep. or someone yep. else's whatever at risk, I, I will... I will report. Yeah. Right. And not even like have to report because then it's like, oh, the school's the bad guy. But right. no, like if, no. if you're going to hurt someone. They're... And this and this is because that's under the context of personal growth. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, yeah. I uh, I don't wear this as any sort of badge because uh, it actually makes me sad. But in working with youth mm-hmm. um, every single year. Yeah. Over over this last decade, longer than a decade, I've had to call CPS multiple times a year um, because of these relationships. Right. Because you do get close, because they do trust us. And when they trust us, they share things with us. And right. we have – yeah. And so to be forthright from the beginning yep. and let them know those kind of things. Yeah, um, absolutely. It seems to save some energy later. Yes. And, <laughs> and then with the parental side is probably the most important – um, side that we need to cover before any of these relationships starts, whether it's on a missions trip, there is tons of information that goes out in emails and parent meetings. If it's in a, if it's a discipleship relationship that's starting out, um, not a mass email, I don't send a mass email, but I, I will send an individual email to a parent saying, Hey, um, Jim Bob said that he <laughs> wanted to start meeting, talking about these things. These are the things we plan on talking about. Um, and th- these are the contexts in which we plan on hanging out. Mm. Um, and as the rapport builds with the families, right? There are some families that now, because of interacting with their kids, um, my wife and I are really good friends with the families, right. like with the parents right. as well. And so once that like rapport is built and all, all that, like then conversation Super can just good. like just be a, a text saying, Hey, Nancy. I don't. Do we know a Nancy? Um, I have an aunt, Nancy. Oh, hi, Aunt Nancy. There's a Nancy's cafe down the road. <laughs> nice. But hey, hey, Nancy. Um, uh, Jim Bob said he's coming over um, for lunch. Just giving you a heads up, right? Right. And it doesn't have to be a long formal email, but right. especially setting those 
um, setting those boundaries up front and, and being really clear and transparent about um, what's going on yeah. is super important. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that's twice. Um, this last Guatemala trip, I actually had a female student who anytime she would text me with a question, because um, we're outside of school, whatever, she would always include her mom. So it was a little a little group chat. Yeah. And mom was always included and, yep. and got the context as well. And it, it just it just Look, it allows me to save my energy right, uh, and focus on the things that matter as opposed to using my energy to try to put out um, potential you know, fires or perceptions. Again, this idea of staying above reproach, yep. it, is, it has nothing to do with legalism. It has nothing to do with those things. It just, happens, it just comes from being wise human beings, learning how to interact with other human beings, right? right. And, um, and, and I, I think that's important to think about too. That mm-hmm. This isn't just – because some of us, in, in my youth especially, it was like, okay, here's one more rule. Here's one more thing I have to do. But when we we understand the heart of it. Yeah. We understand why, then it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. If, if our goal is the gospel, then I will do everything that I can to make sure that the gospel is out there. Right? right. Yeah. <laughs> and it, like you said, it saves energy. If we if we are transparent, if we set boundaries, if we sort of have the, these rules, then we don't have to be thinking about anything That's when right. we're playing arena soccer. Right. Um, we don't have to think about anything when we are grabbing coffee with those students to talk about life. Yep. We can just be present. I had a, at my last school, Chris, I had a female student who, um, and she, and she was, she was a little sketchy. She, she got this, um, coach's phone number. Mm. Um, and I, I forget how she got it, but you know, she didn't, he didn't give it to her, but, um, she started texting him, asking him questions about God and these kind of things and this and that. But then on her, I think it was Instagram or something, was like putting pictures up of this coach and saying that she had a crush on him. Oh, geez. This coach was a great guy, married, didn't, I mean, didn't, he, he didn't have these things put in place. Right. Um, her questions, there was nothing wrong with any of the questions that she was texting him, mm-hmm. um, other than the fact that other people didn't know, mm-hmm. parents didn't know. And when you combine that with these other pictures about, mm-hmm. you know, um, and he had to be let go. <sighs> And that, I mean, I look at that and I'm like, dude, that sucks. Yeah. You were reaching kids. You're doing great things. You're a great coach. You did, you literally did nothing wrong with this, with this girl. Right. Right. There was, there was nothing. He didn't lead her on. None none of that, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't above reproach. Right. And he lost his job because of perception. Right. And we can argue and, and, you know, get mad over the rules and this and that, or we can just say, Hey, maybe wisdom tells us if we remain above reproach, if, if I keep myself maybe three decisions away, (laughs) (laughs) right. From, from things getting, getting, getting awkward with anybody. It just seems like that's wisdom. And I I think that you (laughs) hinted at with Instagram there. I think that it, like oh. this extends into our social media lives as well, right? That if you, if you have a digital self, I don't, other than our That's stuff, weird. other than our stuff for this podcast, I don't really have a digital self. Um, but if you do have a digital self, know that that is part of you that People requires those boundaries, yeah. that requires transparency and That's all of that sort of stuff. So if you, um, if you know that friending, like accepting friend requests from your students is going to cause um, people to raise questions yep. or if it, be- if, if it can become gray. Yep. Then, get out. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, my, my wife has a Facebook and she's kind of notorious for like either unfriending or denying friend requests because yeah. she's like, no, we're not. Like we're not at that place. Maybe yeah. when you graduate, we're friendly. We friends. We're friendly. Yeah. yeah. That was, you know what? Someone at my last school mentioned that. Um, and they said, you know what? I, I accept friend requests from students once they've graduated. Yeah. And that was like, wow, some of us have already accepted friends. Right. Um, I use 
this is a few years back when teenagers were still on Facebook, but we would use Facebook for like our Guatemala team page right. and to disseminate information and it gets gray. And I can tell you now when I get requests from students who are currently in my classroom, I say no. Yeah. Yeah. I do say no now. Right. And it's not even just like to cover oneself, but also knowing kind of like that, that girl in that example that you gave, um, students are more willing to do dumb things oh my digitally yep. than they are in, in person. And so if that's the case, just being friends with someone and having something potentially pop up on your feed yeah. um, could be a liability. Yeah. Like if if you're looking through your Instagram feed and there's a scandalous picture of one of your students and someone walks by like that. That's it. Yeah, that's all it that's takes. It. That's and all it takes. now you're in the gray. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so any of you out there, please, please hear what we're saying. We want these kids to grow. I, I needed adults in my life who weren't afraid um, to to walk with me. I needed that. Um, and so please hear that we're, we're encouraging that we want you to walk with students in, in mm-hmm. maybe a larger capacity than what you are now, yep. but navigate it correctly because there, there is corruption all around us. There is destruction all around yep. us and we need to, uh, to remain above reproach, yep. not so we can look more religious, not so we can, we can, you know, con- convince everybody else of what our outer man, it has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with helping other people become more human and doing so in such a way that it's efficient and you're not getting thrown in jail. Exactly. <laughs> Cause you're not going to help. You're not going to help very many teenagers. No, from jail. no. And that's, and I, man, I, I wish I could tell that to my younger self. Right. Um, and not that I was ever thrown in jail or anything like that, but I, I think that I, back to the energy thing, I, I think I pushed back more against like, no, it's more important that we save the soul. Or it's more important that we're a part of their life yeah. than this idea of perception because I was so idealistic and I'm still idealistic, but you can be idealistic within the confines of, of, of reality. Yeah. And still, and still be, <laughs> you can be idealistic and wise simultaneously. Right. I think that that's where most of my gray hairs have come from is from doing it the wrong way and saying, oh, so maybe that adult was right. Maybe that person was yeah. right. And so for a lot of you guys listening, I'm, I'm sure that there are going to be people on both sides of the spectrum. Some of you who are just totally thrown, have thrown yourselves into student lives, whether it's at your church or at your Christian school, you're totally integrated in yeah. these student lives, but maybe you don't have have those boundaries, that transparency, those safeguards. And to Mm -hmm. you, I would say, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the growth of these students, for the sake of your furthering career, um, please set those things in place so that your energy can be focused on the student instead of Mm -hmm. having your energy focused on um, putting down rumors or fighting against things that are said evil against you. And if if you've been there in any form, maybe even when you yourself were in high school and you just remember rumors in general, it's a waste of time and energy. It really is. And so, and again, I, I think we say this a lot, but Chris and I really want to be at least conversational resources with you. Um, At the very least, we want you to know you're not alone. Um, You know, maybe some of you are thinking about this, like, man, I really have been trying to reach this group or this and that. I don't know how. Um, Man, the stupidest thing you could do would be to not email us or to send us a message and at least let us have conversation with you. Yep. Yeah, that, that's what this thing is about, yeah. right? It's just trying to help out each other. Mm-hmm. So, And then for those of you who are on the other side of the, the aisle, like Wayne was just saying now, like who you have been so worried about staying above reproach, which like that's – Praise you can't, God. You can't, <laughs> you can't be too worried about that. But you've been so worried about maintaining your professionalism that you have – 
forsaken actually reaching out to students. Um, I, I want to cur- encourage you in the opposite direction mm. and say, allow students to be discipled by you. Yeah. Um, especially if they're seeking you out and you've just been shutting them down because of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no fear in love. I believe mm. a, an apostle said that once mm. and he's probably smart. Um, so we want the gospel to grow. We want the kingdom of God to grow. Um, and uh, I want to encourage you guys to not let anything be a stumbling block to you, whether it's legal liabilities or your own fear of those legal liabilities. Yeah. Yeah. The goal is, is maturity for all of us. Yep. Right. That's for all of us, yeah. <laughs> even the adults, the adults apart. So, yeah. so don't fear growth and maturity. Yep. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yep. Sweet. Sweet.